Hey, welcome into the Coach Bo Knows Podcast here on the Studio Soapbox Network. I'm Coach Bo, Brian O'Connor. We're recorded live at the O'Connor Advisory Group Studios. Check out all things O'Connor Advisory Group at oagks.com. You can interact with the show on Twitter. Our handle is at Coach Bo Knows Show. Check out the Facebook page. Just search for Coach Bo Knows Show. And you can email us anytime at Show at gmail.com. This is episode 62. And we have got a jam-packed show. There is a lot going on. I want to jump in first. We are actually recording on Tuesday this week. Normally, Uncle Rico and I will be in on Sunday night or Monday night. We just couldn't get it done the last couple of nights. It's all on me. I have been exhausted last few nights trying to catch up on work stuff. And just had a lot going on. So I opted to do a recordings on Tuesday which actually worked in our favor, as you'll tell when Uncle Rico comes in. We're able to talk all about the NFL trade deadline, everything that happened with that. Tyler Jones is going to join us to talk all about the college football playoff rankings, which came out on Tuesday. So we've got those two exciting pieces coming in. We're going to start it off with Tyler. And uh, what I want to say before we get started is I want to thank a couple of our sponsors in advance. Of course, Caesars, who has been with us for a little while now. Don't forget, you can also be a Caesar, download the app, and use the link in our show notes, and you can get your free bet of up to $1,250, plus you get an extra $50 bonus just for using our referral. We appreciate that. Check it out. Be a Caesar. You know where you can do that, where you can't do that. So if you're in Kansas, you're in Colorado, about 1,400 states, be a Caesar and have some fun with it. Remember to game responsibly. Also want to thank Stitch Fix for sponsoring Uncle Rico's piece as he'll be coming in here uh, talk about the NFL and everything having to do with week eight in the NFL. Of course, you can always save $25 when you use our show notes, the link in the show notes to uh, get your first box from Stitch Fix. I love my box. I just got a new one last week and kept everything. So I want to thank Stitch Fix for also for uh, sponsoring the program. Hey, with the big news of the college football playoff and the announcement of the rankings today, I wanted to bring in the godfather of the Studio Soapbox Network, who reports on everything. My man knows everything about everything. The smart Tyler Jones is. I'm finally glad to have you here on the pod. Tyler, what's going on, buddy? Hey, man, uh, another day, another dollar. Uh, as you know, uh, it's yeah. uh, quite an exciting time with. Uh, you know, everything literally going on in the sports world, from the World Series to college football, the NFL, NBA, NHL, NASCAR, it's all going on right now. So uh, stay busy, as you can imagine. Yeah, and I know you're real busy today. You've got everything going on with the NFL trade deadline and your coverage of chat sports of the Seahawks and the Ravens. So I'm going to make this quick on you. I appreciate you taking the time. What I want to chat about real quick is – College football playoff, the rankings, first rankings came in. I think a little bit of a surprise at the top. Um, our top four is Tennessee, Ohio State, Georgia, Clemson, uh, with five and six being Michigan and Alabama. Um, give me kind of your opinion on what do you think this was good, bad, <laughs> indifferent? Give me what, what are your initial thoughts on the college football playoff rankings? Let's start with the good. Um, Tennessee, number one, absolutely right. I'm glad that they uh, gave Tennessee that number one spot because they deserve it. They have the best win of anybody in the country this year, beating 
Alabama in uh, what was just, you know, an amazing game, the game of the year in college football so far. So that was good. I'm glad I got that right with the number one team there. But after that, that's when I start to have an issue when I look at this playoff ball ball is, you know, how does TCU, whose resume after Tennessee and after Georgia is probably as good as any team out there, fall the way to number seven? Um, you know, my buddy Tim Brando, he, he, he always talks about all the time the pure playoff privilege, right? There's a certain class that, based on your name brand, gets more recognition than anybody else. Mm-hmm. And you look at what TCU's done. What is it, four straight weeks? They've beat a top 25 team, and TCU finds themselves number seven. If their name was Oklahoma or their name was Texas, I think that TCU team would be in that top four, no question about it. So that's what I look at for me is there's no reason why TCU should be behind Alabama and why they should not be in the top five at the very least. The other thing I would notice, too, is it looks like the playoff committee does not like Michigan right now very much, putting them as a number five team. And, you know, if you want to compare wins, they looked a lot better against Penn State than Ohio State did. And uh, the committee afterwards pointed to the strength of schedule. And I'm like, well, I mean, they're playing the same teams Ohio State is. So to me, that was interesting to look at. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you on a lot of that. I think that TCU should be ahead of Bama just because, I mean, zero losses. And you look at, yeah, they had the four weeks in a row they did beat ranked teams. Bama has only beaten three ranked teams this year. Uh, they were ranked at the time. Um, and Alabama has a chance. They got to do some things coming forward, but they can kind of control their own destiny in that way at this point. Uh, but they've got some work to do. TCU, I do agree with you on that. I don't know if I would put them in the top four. The, the team that you just mentioned, though, that I was thinking should be in the top four. And, and I slightly disagree with you on Tennessee. I would have Ohio State number one. I think I test Ohio State's the best team I've seen this year. I said I would have Tennessee two. I would then have Georgia three, but they got that right. And then I said I like Michigan four. Uh, Michigan, what I do like about Michigan is they run the football and they run away with games in the second half. I think that's what the, the committee doesn't like. That they don't blow anybody out in the first half. That every game is close at halftime, and then they just impose their will in the second half. I agree with what you're saying on TCU, and I do think that you made a brought up a really good point. We're talking about Tennessee having a great win against Alabama. I would argue that Ohio State's win against Oregon is a better win because of the nature. Ohio State of didn't beat Oregon. They did. Georgia beat Oregon. Oregon. I'm sorry. That's what I mean. I'm saying Georgia. Georgia, I think. I'm sorry. I misspoke. Georgia, I think, has the best win. Um, but I think the eye test for me, and this is weird because usually I'm pro SEC guy. I do think Ohio State's the best team right now. Um, but I, I, this is why we have a playoff, is that these teams are all really good. The one to me that's still, and I know I talk about it on your pod all the time, the one that to me is the fraudulent one is Clemson. And, and to say that their schedule has been better than Michigan's, to me, doesn't make a lot of sense. Or even especially better than TCU's. Uh, I mean, Clemson has has beaten a couple of ranked teams. Those teams were Syracuse, NC State, and Wake, who have all not played well since they've lost. It's almost like they were 
they were ranked high enough because they kept winning against lower right lower ranked Bo, teams. I would say this. I would say this about Clemson. If we were to put together our own odds right now of those seven teams, let's put it at that, okay. are most likely to win the national title, I think we would all give Clemson the lowest odds. I, I think if we were to if we were to power rank this based on national championship of who we think has the best chance to win it all, I think you'd go Georgia one, probably still go Alabama number two, three, uh, you know, Ohio State, four, I would then probably go to Tennessee, five, Michigan, six, TCU, and then I'd put Clemson at the very bottom. I think that they are, when on paper, you know, when I look at the eye test anyway, all that, I think Clemson's the worst team of those seven. Now, I agree. You know, you have to punish Alabama for the loss that they suffered, you know, that they, um, you know, need to be behind Clemson and they need to be behind TCU for that matter. But to me, I, I that Clemson team is, there, there's nothing appealing about that Clemson team to me. No, I, I agree with you completely. Uh, the the things I want to see is I agree with what you're saying in principle. If you're like if you're just placing the eye test and said, okay, well, stop looking at their schedules moving forward. Just look at who do you think's the better teams. Absolutely, Clemson would be the lowest of seven. Unfortunately, because of the way the schedules work, they might be one of the easiest roads to get in the playoffs now. Yeah, and you look 100%. at that. Uh, I mean, if you look at it, I mean, Tennessee plays Georgia this week. And whoever loses that game could be sitting on one loss and not make the college football playoff because they won't even make the SEC championship game. I mean, the anarchy of this is what happens if Georgia or if Georgia beats Tennessee this week. And then Alabama wins the West beating LSU this week. And then Alabama wins the SEC championship. Then you're sitting on three one-loss teams in the SEC. And you could you could have a scenario where all three still make the playoff potentially. And, and that's what that's I was not out of the question. Is it out of the question? Because then you've also got Ohio State playing Michigan at the end of the regular season. Are we looking at a situation where this, if we wanted to handicap it right now, if you wanted to make a couple of predictions, could it be Tennessee, Georgia, Alabama, and Ohio State? That very well could happen. Wouldn't shock me one bit. Yeah, I mean that's, I, I it's going to be interesting. At least we know these top teams still play each other. You know, basically right. Ohio State, Michigan is an elimination game. Tennessee, Georgia is an elimination game. And then because of Alabama being in the West, Tennessee and Georgia in the SEC, the SEC East, you'll have those two winners, whether it's Alabama or Alabama in the West, most likely. And then the winner of the Tennessee, Georgia game, assuming all roads are, are open from here. For the all I, wouldn't, I wouldn't call Tennessee, Georgia an elimination game because the scenario we just laid out, it's still possible yeah. to have three SEC teams in the title game at this point. I mean, uh, I think it's, it's still a lot to figure out. There's, um, I'll say this much, you know, college football, I don't know about you, Bo, but I've been frustrated with the sport and the emphasis on the playoff the last few years 
of what it's done. You know, there, there's a whole bigger picture to this sport than the playoff itself. You know, the, the playoff has been so bad the last few years. Yeah. Um, but with that said, you know, like I love the moving parts of the, the conference battles or, you know, realignment and all this stuff. The playoff itself has been so boring the last couple of years. But finally, it seems that we could have a legit playoff where we finally have teams where there's not much separation, where there is parity uh, that could compete, that could make for some competitive games here. We'll see what happens when yeah. we get there. But I'm, uh, I'm at least relieved that it's not uh, clear as day of one or two teams that are so much better than everybody else. That's good for the sport. I want to ask you two little, two more questions. We're going to get you out of here. First one, normally when we see these rankings, these are going to be coming out every week now. They're normally in the top four the first time. At least one is going to be there at the end. Tell me which of the four you think is most likely to be standing there in the playoff at the end. Uh, I think the most likely is Ohio State uh, because I, I like their path. You know, I mean – I think that they're better than Michigan and they should be able to run the table in the big 10. Um, I think Ohio state is the team that's most likely. I mean, Tennessee and Georgia might be better teams than Ohio state, but their path to get to the playoff is going to be tougher for considering their schedule that they have ahead. But Ohio state to me is that team and, and Ohio state looks vulnerable. You know, they didn't look great against Notre Dame. They didn't look great against Penn state. Um, their, their schedule is not bad compared to some of the SEC teams, but they have shown weakness at times, too. We'll see what happens. All right. Uh, who is the team that's going to fall out? Team that's going to fall out. Um, I, I'm rooting for it to be Clemson. I would like to see that team <laughs> slip up. Um, something tells me that not everything's going to go perfect for them. That whether it be you know, losing to a team they're not supposed to, or, you know, we've already seen them have issues at the quarterback position. Yep. I, I, I would be shocked if, if Clemson, even in the weak ACC, as bad as it is, if they find a way to go through that league unscathed. To me, TCU, or, or not TCU, Clemson's that team to me that I'm watching for that uh, is probably not going to have it figured out. Yeah. The next four for Clemson are uh, remaining schedules at Notre Dame, Louisville, Miami, South Carolina. So, yeah. yeah uh, um, Notre Dame might even be it this weekend. It might be. That's Notre Dame game. looks a lot better than they did to begin the year. Yeah. Notre Dame's played better away from home. That's been kind of weird and strange to them this year. So, all right. Now give me one team, not in the top five, who you think can get in, who can play their way oh. in. TCU, definitely. I think TCU is going to win out in the regular season. Now, the Big 12 Tower game, you know, K-State came very close to beating them. Oklahoma State came very close. And um, I don't know if they'll win the Big 12 championship because whoever their rematch is is going to be uh, quite a worthy opponent that will challenge them. But the next four games out for TCU play very well to their favor. I, I think TCU – uh, has a very good shot. And, and, and I mean, Alabama, but that's kind of obvious, right? You know, I mean, uh, to me, those are the two I'm watching for outside of the top four right now that have a really good shot. 
The TCU's remaining schedule is Texas Tech at Texas at Baylor, Iowa State, and then a potential Big 12 championship game. So that'd right. be a um, yeah. I, I you know I'm of two minds about this at this point. Um, of the mind of you know, okay, let's see these because th- I'd like to see the three SEC schools because I'd like to see everybody's heads blow up with three SEC schools get in. But then there is there's one way of absolute anarchy, and that would be an LSU victory over Alabama this week, and an LSU win the West, and somehow beat the East champion. Yeah, you know that would that's the that's the Homer in me going wow. Talk about someone who could bust the whole bracket out. You know that's the right. They're the highest ranked two loss team. Hey, I do want to ask one other yeah. question about this, and this is a uh, this is the me um, Homer thing. Kansas State is thirteen. They are sitting six and two. Uh, their losses are at TCU at home to Tulane. Tulane is seven and one and beat Kansas State at Kansas State and is ranked 19. How is Kansas State ranked ahead of Notre Dame or ahead of uh, Tulane? It's a it's a great question. Um I think it's you know the the playoff privilege argument, but to a lesser extent. You know, it's giving favorability to the Big Twelve over a team for the American. Um yeah. I'll say this, though. Even though Tulane does have the win, I'm not justifying what the committee did. Even though Tulane won that game, you know, K-State's got more quality wins still. Uh, yes, you know, the way they beat Oklahoma State and others, too, that kind of factor agree. into that as well. Yeah, I think you had to look at that head-to-head. And they beat them at Kansas State. So what did they beat them in, in, in Tulane? Um, right. I'm not disagreeing with you. I just think there's more to that. There, there's more to yeah. unfold. Um, here's my question. You look at the American Conference in Tulane is seven and one. We just saw UCF beat um um oh god damn it. Um UCF just beat Central Florida this past week or um who fell out? Damn it. Anyway, could a an American conference one loss team? Unless they get the playoffs, can they can they get to a New Year's Day bowl? Well, they have to. The uh, group of five is kind of almost guaranteed a spot in the New Year's Six, and okay. the Mountain West doesn't have anything to offer, and yeah. and uh, you know neither does the Sun Belt. So yeah, I think there's there, there'll be a team from the American in the uh, yeah, in the had, New Year's Six. There's three teams there. You got Tulane, UCF, and Cincinnati. Cincinnati was the one I couldn't think of. Cincinnati is the one who lost to Central Florida this week. Um, and they're just outside the ring. Then you got UCF sitting at six and two. Tulane's now seven and one. Uh, they all play each other uh, from here on out. Tulane plays both UCF. Uh, they have Tulsa, UCF, SMU, and Cincinnati. And then probably they have a championship game there as well. Um, but I was curious to see your thoughts. You know, you, I, I, I don't expect, and I wouldn't even think if they went, you know, 12 and one, they should get into a, into a playoff. But I think a New Year's Day bowl game would be really cool. So, curious on that. And then I just think they should be ranked ahead of Kansas State. And they beat them. They beat them head to head. They got a better record. So, um, the other question I have for you. 
I said last one a minute ago, but I'll make this the last one. This is the Pac-12. You said there were five questions to go, Bo. I Come know, on now. I know, I know. I'm, I'm this way sometimes. Uh, eight and nine is Oregon and USC. Um, you got Oregon, USC, and Oregon has already uh, – they have not played. They don't play this year. Um, but we could see them in a playoff in the uh, in a, in a Pac-12 championship game. Can Oregon play their way into a playoff? Even with that really ugly loss to Georgia, week one, potentially, but they don't have any non-conference wins to show for it. I mean, that's what's going to be tough. Their their hurdle that they have to climb is as good as they can possibly look in the Pac-12. Even if they went out, how good are they really when their one non-conference showing was that? And as a league, the Pac-12 does not have any quality non-conference wins. Period. No. So. No. I mean, it's it's going to take perfection. It's going to take some help. And, you know, that, that Oregon team, they've gotten better, sure, but they're still flawed. Uh, I'm not holding my breath that that team's going to win out. Yeah. I just – I've seen them a couple times now, and I've seen them. They look better and better weekly. It's – because I, I wasn't the believer, and, you know, I'm not a believer in Bo Nix. So, I was like, oh, we'll see what happens. I've bet on your pot a few times. Best hey, football since his freshman year right now. He's he's turning he it around. Absolutely is. Absolutely. Hey, I promised I wouldn't take up too much of your time. I appreciate you coming in. I'm going to get you out of here on that. Thank you, Tyler, for coming on talking a little college football. I look forward to being on your pod this week. Uh, what are we talking about on your pod this week? Oh, man. Uh, busy with the NFL trades. Uh, Roquan yeah. Smith in Baltimore now and, yeah. uh, you know, some of the other things that have moved on since then. Uh, Bradley Chubb is a Miami Dolphin now. We'll we'll discuss all that and go over the college football playoff poll and uh, break it all down. Should be a fun show uh, coming up tomorrow. Uh, it'll yeah. be out on Thursday and wherever you listen to podcasts. All right. And then how can folks hear you on Chat Sports or get a hold of see you on Chat Sports? Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, Chat Sports, we're on YouTube. We're on uh, Amazon Alexa devices. Whatever your favorite team is, uh, you know what? For me, you know, I'm covering the Seahawks and the Ravens and the NFL and college football as all too. Uh, just look up your favorite team and chat sports, and that's the easiest way to find us. Uh, bring you coverage uh, like no one else is. All done. Hey, man, he's the best, man. Th- Tyler, thank you so much for coming on today. I appreciate it. I'll talk to you soon, buddy. You take care. All right. Thanks, Bob. Hey, fall time is here, and I know you're probably thinking, man, we're about to get some snow. It's going to get cold. Yep. Winter time will be coming sooner than we expect, and it's the great time to go back. And do you go back and look at your clothes from last year and you go, man, maybe this doesn't fit right. Maybe the style isn't what I want for this winter. A great way to add to your wardrobe right now is through Stitch Fix. We want to thank Stitch Fix. They come in. They sponsor Uncle Rico every week here on this podcast. And check them out. It's a great way to get some new stuff. Your personal shopper can help you. Everything from different boxes to different, everything from Jeans, the shoes, the jackets, to anything you want, they can get you taken care of. So check out Stitch Fix. Use the link in the show notes. You'll save $25 in your first box. If you're like me, you can probably use a little bit of help in your wardrobe, and it's a great way to do it. So give them a try. Again, check out the show notes. You'll see the link. Save $25. I think you'll like Stitch Fix.
All right, coming in to review all the week eight action in the NFL is our most popular returning contributor. Ladies, if you're in the greater Denver area, put out put on some Barry White, place out some Titleist Pro V1 golf balls, magically he'll appear. He's a man of style, sophistication, and he remains undefeated against home pregnancy tests with a record of 52-0-1. He's the real reason Sierra moved to Denver. Check out his new book, Russ May Cook, But I Can Eat. His mother named him Ricardo, but around here we call him Uncle Rico. My main man, Ricardo Gerbellini. Ricardo, how you doing today, buddy? I am <laughs> I am looking forward to today's conversation. I feel a spirited discussion. There's gonna be a couple of things I think we're gonna disagree on. Hey, um, we're recording this. I, I mentioned earlier at the beginning, like we're recording on Tuesday. So usually you and I try to either do Sunday night or Monday night. I was just not in a place where I could record Monday night. I was exhausted physically and mentally and actually fell asleep in the fourth quarter of that game Monday night. That's got to say something, especially when it's Burrow playing. Yes. But there is there is a net advantage here because today was the trade deadline, and so we're able to talk about that Yes, as and- part of this week's count. Yes, the gift that gave us, and and you know, normally the NFL trade time gives us one, two, maybe three trades. We had ten today. Ten. There's been 19 trades in the last 10 days in the NFL. Unbelievable. Now we haven't talked since the biggest trade, and that's Christian McCaffrey, which we're going to get to. Uh, I want to first talk about week eight, and then we're going to get into the trades. And then we'll go off on our Christian McCaffrey rant because I have something to say about this. <laughs> and I've already previewed. I haven't previewed some of this with you yet, but something I said on Twitter uh, as well. Um, hey, okay. The biggest stories to me from the games themselves Sunday or from this week, if you want to call it. Um, one, Thursday, the Bucks did not even bother showing up against the Ravens. I know it looked like it was closer than it actually was. But the Ravens dominated Tom Brady in the in the in the Bucks the entire game. Um, I'm calling it like I see it. Tom Brady is completely washed. His arm strength's not there. The offense is not helping him. Play calling's absolutely not helping him at all. They are they're not running the ball. They run the ball. I mean, run the fucking football. We've been saying that all week for all season. They, they cannot let him throw the ball 44 times. Now, my question, I don't know the answer to this. My question is, how much of the play calling does Tom Brady control? At the line of scrimmage, he's got, he can audible. I wonder how much of this is his doing at times. But, you know, I don't remember things being this bad under Arians. So, there's a part of me right there that's basically saying they're calling pass plays and he's not turning them down. Yeah. I, I think there's a big part of that, a big chunk where they're they're leaning on him in his final year. We know he's retiring. We know he's done. He doesn't have. He's he's gone. He's this is it. And they're leaning everything on him. I don't know if they're just trying to pad his stats so he looks good in his final year, but this is. The, the worst he's this team has been since he got there. Yeah, in my opinion. And he, and they're not running the ball. No. And his body language on the sideline, the way he's yelling at people, is piss poor. 
there's there's a lot going into that, and I get that. But at the end of the day, you gotta you gotta. This is not the balance they need. They need more Leonard Fournette. Period. That's Absolutely. number one up front. No matter what else happens, you got to run the ball through Fournette more, and then you can address other issues because that opens up your passing game. If you all you're doing is passing, or ninety percent of your plays are passing, you're screwed from the beginning. We've talked about this every week all season. Yeah. So there's nothing new here to tread. Now we did find out after the game, found out the next day, it's been Friday, that Tom Brady is getting a divorce. That he and Giselle Bunchkin are filing for divorce, and they've they've asked for privacy. And I talked about this already in last week's pod. I absolutely believe we should all stay out of that. That's none of my fucking business, none of our any of our business. Um, so I I I can see where he's been distracted. And I'm willing to say that that's maybe part of it. Oh, dude's also 44 years old. I don't care who you are. Father Time is undefeated. And I think Father Time is done. He's met his goal. He has played to 45. That's what he said he would do. He got there. He's doing it. And he's doing it better than any 45. He's He's still doing his numbers. He's still throwing better than still a number of quarterbacks that are out there. But at this point, we know this is it. We know he's done. My problem with what they're doing is they're not giving him a balanced attack. I don't care about padding numbers. I don't care. if All he has to do is manage a game. And it seems like they don't know how to do that. Arians knew how to do it. Bowles doesn't know shit. I, I, am, I am more and more convinced that this is a play calling and coaching problem in Tampa. I just wonder because I mean Byron left the play caller under Bruce Arians too. That's why I tend to but, think it's, but under but under Bruce Arians he's getting direction. I think Todd Bowles is giving him bad a, a different kind of direction and they're just not doing it right. I don't know if there's other anything else going on too. Is there I mean, are there line problems where they're just not opening up holes? Are they afraid of the defense to go up the gut? I don't understand it. It doesn't I don't think they're a really good running back, they don't use enough. I know that. Um, the other couple of games I want to talk about is like individual games. Um, I'm ready to call it. I've been saying since week one that I thought the Buffalo Bills were the best team in the NFL. I watched the Bills Packers. <laughs> uh, the Bills beat the Packers, and they beat them by 10. And that game was never close. I mean, Buffalo came out, was pretty strong in the first half. And, but what I did notice is that Buffalo skates sometimes in the second half. They, they kind of let things yeah. just kind of go and they're like, okay, let's see what part of building the big leads is what you, that happens. The Packers, of course, you know, just let Aaron Rodgers do what Aaron Rodgers does and try to let him get around and, and get them, move them, move them around the board the best he could. He did better at it second half this week than he did last week. But uh, I, I'm I'm convinced now that the Philadelphia Eagles are the best team in the NFL. They just whacked the Steelers. Uh, they bludgeoned them. They're 7-0. and They're the only undefeated team in there. And, you know, when it was 3-0, and 4-0, yeah, you can kind of like, well, let's see what happens. We're halfway through the season now. They're still undefeated. 
they're the only undefeated team. And this is now enough body of work for, for me to agree with you. I think it's really, really close when you put the Bills there. Because I agree. Yes, they did not have their best game. And they didn't have their best game against the Packers and still stomped them. Yes. No, they didn't well play put. their best. If if they had played their best, it would have they would have put up 50, 60 points. They had a pedestrian showing and still won by 10 to the Packers. Yeah. Yeah. I'm done. I'm I'm done talking about Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers. They're a dysfunctional mess, and I don't think they're going to fix. I, even if they they write the ship at this point, I don't see them. I don't think they make the playoffs at this point. I don't think they're going to make the playoffs either. And I'll go a step further. I don't think they think they're going to make the playoffs because they did nothing. To like, they look them. at they look like a team defeated. Yes, this is a team that is going to absolutely be a whole lot different next season. I think it means Aaron Rodgers is gone. I think LaFleur stays, but I think Rodgers is gone. I don't know if Jordan loves the guy. They don't even know that, I think. But we'll see what happens. It's, yeah, it's, yeah. they're going to be, they're in, they're in serious trouble. But the Eagles, the Eagles score... They score 20 points every week. They score at least 20. They have scored 20 points once. Every other game, they've scored 24 or more. They're going to score four times in the game. You've got to stop them. They just put 35 on the Steelers. Um, and Jalen Hurts is playing like the MVP of this league. I, I He and he Josh Allen more and more are like to – Take who you want. I mean, if I had to take one, I would take Allen. But goddamn, Jalen Hurts is just getting better. He's getting better every season, but he might be getting better every game. I, that doesn't mean his numbers are going to improve every week, but the game is coming to him now. Yeah. And here's their schedule for the month of November. They have the Texans on Thursday night. They then played the Commanders on Monday Night Football the week after. So you got 10 days for that one. Then they go to the Colts. Then they host the Packers Thanksgiving weekend. They're going to be 11. That's their next four. That's their, that's their November. Um, they're going to be 11 and 0. I looked past that. Unless they, I'm going to be real blunt. It's possible they stumble. It's possible we know this any given Sunday. It's possible they stumble. But even if they stumble, I wouldn't even care. I'd give them the just you know bad week. Whatever happens, they're looking 11 and 0 going into December at this point. I'm going to make a prediction right now. One, I'm going to predict Jalen Hurts is going to win the MVP. Here's why he's going to win the MVP. They're going to go 16 and one. They're going to lose one game. All the way out there. They're going to lose one game. Which one? At Dallas, Christmas Eve. Hmm. Interesting. I'd say that's. I gave you. I, I gave you the numbers. Could, I gave that, you the numbers that I could see. I could see that happening because that they'll be a full. You know, Cowboys are full force at this point now. I could see them also splitting with the Giants. Now that was the other thing. I, I, so uh, the next at December, their schedule is um, 
at home against Tennessee, at the Giants, at the Bears, at the Cowboys. So the third, I, I kind of like the Cowboys because it's the third road game in a row for the Eagles. You know the you know, the Cowboys will play big, and it is Christmas Eve. That'll be a big deal. They end up having two yeah. games in January, which are uh, home games against New Orleans. They're going to win that game in a big way. And then the Giants. Now, the Giants got two games against them. I could see the Eagles dropping one or the other. Certainly won't be both. But, man, I, I mean, so. even if they're 15-2, and two, that's impressive. Because Buffalo's they not going to finish. They look good. No, I mean, it's – Buffalo has a much tougher schedule. Yeah, I mean they have a first place schedule. It hurts, but I, I'm I I think the Eagles are going to run away with this thing. I think they're going to run away with the NFC. They're going to be. I got them on sixteen and one now. I wouldn't have said this three weeks ago, but they went and handled Dallas, and, and I thought, okay, they're playing the Steelers. Yeah, they're not the Steelers we're used to, but they just fled dominated that game. I mean, it was domination from the first moment of the game on. They've already beaten the Vikings, yeah. the next best team in the in the NFC. I, I'm sold on the Eagles, and I'm sold on Jalen Hurts. If I'm the Eagles, I'm finding a way to get Jalen Hurts paid right now. I agree. I completely agree. We've talked about the Eagles for quite a bit now and how good they've been looking better and better every week. I think at this point, it is their conference to lose. Nobody's questioning whether they make the playoffs at this point. Now it's a question of what seed are they walking into the playoffs? I think yeah. they're going to be a number one seed. I think so too. And I was just pulled it up. Jalen Hurts' contract is fourth year is next season. Yep. And he wasn't yeah, the first He's going to get paid. And he wasn't the first-round pick. So there's no fifth-year option for him. Yeah, they would have and to here's use. Here's the thing that you're seeing. They would have to use the the, the the franchise tag. Yeah, here's the thing you see developing right now. As as you know, week to week, it's that QB wide receiver combo to AJ Brown. They are hooking up like. It's, it's second nature at this point. They look so good together. And you're going to see the two of them together with some nice contracts after that because they look so good. Yeah. They're playing he, so well. They had a great game on Sunday. It's going to keep going. Yeah. And they believe in themselves as a franchise because you can look. Trade deadline tells you a lot about – it's especially just in baseball. It hasn't been as much in football. It's not usually as wild as today has been. But they went and got Robert Quinn last week, who we talked about that on the point five. And I was like, that's a hell of a pickup. It gives you a legit pass rusher. Now, I did get um, him and Roquan Smith mixed up about the value of him. Uh, the Eagles got yeah. Yeah. Um, the Eagles got Robert Quinn for like a fourth round pick. And I was thinking of the Roquan Smith stuff in the preseason when I was talking about last week. Yeah. Because um, Roquan Smith just got traded to the Ravens. Uh, but I mean, adding that, just adding the pieces you need and saying, here's who we are. They didn't go get a bunch of offensive players, they didn't have to go get more weapons. They like who they got there. And they, frankly, they should. No, they're just. 
just getting Robert Quinn's a little bit of a shore up to to get yeah. you an extra body in there as a backup. Yeah. You know, give yourself rotational. Yeah. You know, in help. the playoffs, you're going to need a pass rusher. It's the Von Miller principle. That's what Von Miller did yeah. last year. You need a pass rusher. It's going to be six plays a game. Six plays a game. He makes a difference in the game. So uh, that was a big one. Um, I want to talk about some teams that are in trouble real quick. The two teams <laughs> that were in the Super Bowl last year, the L.A. Rams and the Cincinnati Bengals. The Rams lost to the 49ers in a game. I was going to come out and say the 49ers whipped their ass. Oh, we're getting to whipped that, them. but they look good. They look so good. They got a good team. Uh, and we're going to get into the 49ers in a minute. That shit's too, it, we're, we disagree on something still. I'm still, on my, on my, I'm still on my shit about that. But then the Bengals are all four and four after losing Monday Night Football to the, to the Browns. Uh, right now, neither of these two teams will be in the playoffs. These are two teams that played for the Super yeah. Bowl. Um, the Bengals have an injury with Jamar Chase. He's going to be out in like about a month. And the Rams... Not having Odell Beckham has been huge for that offense. Their offense is it's, not stable at all. It looks so interesting that you, if you remove OBJ and Von Miller and how quickly both sides of the ball seem to fall apart on that team. It's, yeah. it's, I don't know how to explain it. It's, you know, conventional wisdom doesn't say this should happen. They should fall off a little bit, but they've got the rest of their core in there. Yeah. And it just, they're not even remote. They don't look anything like they did last year. Last year, they were bulldozing. They looked so good. And now they look like they're whimpering along. Like They have no life. Well, I completely agree. It's just, it's really pathetic. I mean, um, I'm looking at something here. But um, it, it's just the Rams are horrible at this point. They can't stop a nosebleed off uh, defensively. And Matt Stafford's second in the league in interceptions. I mean, he's only he's one behind Matt Ryan, and Matt Ryan's been benched. You know, I, I just yeah. look at this Rams team and I go, what are they gonna do? You can have all the Cooper Cup you want, but if you can't run the football and Stafford's gonna throw that many interceptions, you know, you, you're in trouble. It, it's kind of, you know, honestly, Matt Stafford suddenly starts to look like the Matt Stafford of Detroit. Yeah. So I always said about Matt Stafford in Detroit is that, you know, he this is a guy who was always one of the top two or three yardage guys. He turned the ball over a lot because, frankly, he had to throw down the field so much. He's always been a really capable guy. But now he's trying to do too much. And, you know, this is, this is also the argument of why you, the best player in the league can't be a wide receiver. You know, it's yeah. Cooper Cup is really, really good, but he can't be the best player in the league because you need a quarterback to get him the ball. And as good as he is, teams are keying on him. He's not playing as well. And even when he's getting stats – they're still minimizing the the effectiveness of it. Well, and we'll go right back to the rushing argument. Yeah. Daryl oh, Anderson yeah. and Cam Akers. You know, you want to know what their average per game is? 
Give me that. I have in front of me. 28.1 and 30.2 yards per game, respectively. Yeah. Between their top two running backs, they're averaging less than 60 yards on the ground a game. Yeah, it should hard. tell you everything you need to know. And honestly, I'm, you kind of have to hold you know, Sean McVay up to a microscope and say, what the fuck are you thinking? Yeah. Yeah, I wanted to see something in here. To get to Russia, I'm looking at Russian attempts in the league right now. To get to a Ram. Holy shit. There is not one in the top 50. That should tell you. We've talked about it enough. That should tell you exactly where they are. They're not getting a hundred between two running backs who are pretty good. They're not getting a hundred yards a game on average at all. They're way below that. So they're leaning on. They're doing the same thing Tampa is doing essentially, leaning on their quarterback, throwing a thousand times a game, and they're not winning. And that's why. And and this is the same problem happening in Cincinnati. They don't want to run the football either. They refuse to do it. Uh, I pulled it up again with some bad attempts here. Trying to find Mixon. Um, I mean, it's it's pathetic how they're doing things. I mean, he Mixon's actually fourth in the league in attempts. He's 129 attempts over eight games. But, I mean, still, that's only, what, 15 a game? Not even that? 12 a game? If you look at it and you go, okay, well, got to run the football. The Bengals don't have Jamar Chase. That's going to hurt them quite a bit. But the Bengals can't keep people from scoring, and they can't keep Joe Burrow upright. Still getting sacked. I mean, he's it's pretty bad. Let me see. Is he still first in the league in sacks? Only Justin Fields has been sacked more than Joe Burrow. Justin Fields has been sacked 31 they, times, Burrow 29 times. And last year, Joe Burrow need, got sacked at like a major league record or an NFL record. Oh, yeah. No, it was like it was 71. at the. It was like 100 was when, he, when he included the playoffs last year. It was a near 100. Yeah, no, it set the record for the regular season, which I believe was either at 70 or 71 for last year. Like that, yeah. It was ridiculous because then he got sacked like six times or eight times in the Raider game in the playoffs. He got sacked eight times in the in the Super Bowl. Yeah. And and, and he's at, he's at 29 right now. Yeah. Which puts him at pace less than last year, but only a little bit. Yeah. And he's had two or three games where he hasn't been sacked. And that's the games they've run away with. I'm a big yeah. there's no bigger Joe Burrow fan than me. Would you agree? But there is of a problem. everyone I know, absolutely. But there is a problem with Joe Burrow having 2,300 uh, yards so far. It, it, he leads the league in yardage, but that doesn't mean anything. That's as empty as Matt Stafford having a 5,000 passing yard season. doesn't matter. What matters is the wins, and they're not winning right now. And they're not they looking need, they need to they're, they're in a lot. The, the Bengals are in trouble, and they're in trouble partially at their own doing because we just talked about this a little bit ago. Um, they are 0-3 in the division. Yeah. They've lost to every team in the yeah. division. 
They've now lost they the Browns, the Ravens, and the Steelers. I mean, look, they lost to the Steelers week one, and that, if you go back and look at it, is pathetic. And they've looked about the same this entire time. Yeah. They need to give Mixon about five to seven more carries and Kareen about another three to five yeah. a game. Balance themselves yeah. out, and then they'll look closer to what they are supposed to look like as a team yeah. and start having a little bit more success. They're well, just not doing what they need. The biggest thing I've noticed about the Bengals play calling and the way they do things is this is a team that refuses to adjust during a game. I don't know if Zach Taylor doesn't understand you have to adjust, but it's I've never seen a team like this, that this is the game plan, we're going with it, and we're making no adjustments. I was watching the game last night, and, he, and Burrow kept having to dump everything off to the running backs. He looked like Alex Smith out there because yeah. simply no one was open, but it was because of the scheme. Look, if the defenses are changing against you, what are you going to do? Okay, well, now we have to know. The whole point of, of offensive play calling is you show some looks early. You see how they adjust to you, and you have a package ready to go to what the most likely adjustment is going to be. Yeah. And the Bengals refuse to do that. They refuse to do it last year. And Joe Burrow just saved them in games. And they've got, and this is what's going to look, they're going to look good for the next couple of weeks. They're playing the Panthers and then the Steelers again and the Titans again. And but then they have the Chiefs. And they're going to get they're going to get clocked by the Chiefs. They play the Browns and the Bucks. Oh. They get the Patriots and the they get the Patriots and the Bills back to back. And they end this season with the Ravens. It's going to come down to the Bengals are going to have to try to figure out a way in the last three games to beat the Bucks, the Patriots, and the Ravens to get in the playoffs. Honestly, I don't, you know, except for the Chiefs, which and Chiefs and Bills, which I fully expect them to lose. Every one of those games is suspect right now. Hmm. I don't give him a. I don't There's give him much winnable of an advantage games in there. Over There's anyone. definitely winnable games. Sure. There's winnable games. That doesn't mean but, they're going to do it. No, that's the thing. If they There's keep playing the way they've go. been playing. They're an 8 and 18. Or, well, probably a 9 and 18. If they keep yeah. playing the way they're playing, they're in a 9 and 18. They don't. Yeah, make and you're going to need, you need 10 they wins to the get Rams. Them. Yeah. They've got to find six wins. With there's six wins to be had for sure in this schedule, for sure. Well, you get the but the way they're playing, the way they're being coached, the way their play calling is happening. I don't see it. I don't think they make the playoffs at this point. I I think think it's totally possible they can. I just don't think they're going to. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's pretty bad. I think it's. I I, I, I really think it's coaching in that case. I really think that's the biggest problem they have. I do have to say this too. Yeah, I think if they continued on this path, honestly, I don't see Burrow remaining a Bengal. No, I think at some point Joe Burrow may be the one who stands up and says, I'm not going to extend with you guys. Get me out of here. Mm-hmm. I can see he that. Has, hey, we talked about I it last year when we through the playoffs. 
we thought about this. We talked about it last year. We talked about it during the season yeah. and in the playoffs. He has an entire career ahead of him. He's going to get cut short by the sacks he's getting and the plays that they're playing. Yeah. yeah. I think that if he wants Zach Taylor gone, which I don't know if he has, there's been no reports of that. If he wanted Zach Taylor gone, then it would be done. Um, but Burrow has not said anything publicly negative about the Bengals organization, Zach Taylor, the whole situation. If you're the Bengals, I don't think he do would it. pull that card now. And, and no, but you know, maybe after this year, maybe after this year, he stands up and says, "Look, this is how it's going to change, or you're not going to have me." Yeah, yeah, I, but I don't and, think and I, I don't think coming off a card. Super Bowl appearance and and, and playing can, that card. He can play that card on a business standpoint as well because. So much of the value of the Bengals moving forward is going to be tied to having Joe Burrow. I mean, the 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 company that has the naming rights on the stadium has a deal that says they can get out of the rights deal if Joe Burrow's not a, not a bank. Joe Burrow has a lot of power right now with the rest of this season and after this season, especially. Yeah. He's going to have a lot of leverage across the board. Either I he'll agree. be a, either he'll get exactly what he needs or he won't be a Bengal next year. Yeah. Probably. It'll be interesting. Um I want to talk okay so we had the the trade deadline some things going on here we're going to jump into some of these. I've already mentioned a few of them. Uh we mentioned the Ravens getting Roquan Smith. I think that's a huge trade. Um the Dolphins getting Bradley Chubb think is an incredible trade these pass rushers and the dolphins gave up a, a one uh next year's number one pick a fourth round in 2024 and chase Edmonds to get bradley chubb uh yeah that's a win right you give up your first round pick it's you get a win on bradley chubb you already yeah because you already you already short up losing chase Edmonds with jeff wilson yeah so you already got your backup running back, you know, number two running back or okay, short up and Brad, having Bradley Chubb, who is going to help that defense. And as we've always, as the, as the saying always goes, defense wins championships. They're shoring yeah. up their defense. That's what they're yeah. doing. They're, they, they took, they made the move. I think it's a good move. They're healthy. They're looking at the second half of the season very optimistically. I like where Miami's sitting right now, and I see them yeah. trending towards playoff success. And there's already I'm talk not going to say anything about a conference or Super Bowl. People. I just yeah, there's already talk that the the Dolphins are working with Chubb people to get an extension. Chubb is a free agent at the end of the year. That's why the the Broncos were so easy to go ahead and make the deal. You get a one in return. You're not going to be anywhere this year anyway. And Bradley Chubb's not likely to extend his contract in Denver. So. I mean, there's no. There's if no, this year goes well, then we'll see what negotiations look like after the season. But well, this is a move for them to say, we think we have a real chance at, at a deep playoff run. Let's deal for it. Yeah. A couple other additions. Buffalo added more running backs, like getting Naheem, uh, Naheem Hines from Indy. But that was a great add. They want to do a little more out of the backfield, the backs in the passing game. Great fit there. 
This guy that leads the league in passing yardage or receiving yardage, only second to McCaffrey in the last three years uh, out of the out of the backfield. We talked about the Bears and Chase Claypool already. Um, the big one, which we didn't talk about last week, because we need to get together. But this was Ed McCaffrey to the 49ers. Now this is going to be our 49ers content because here we go. Here well, was let's, my take. Let's, let's first let's first say my take. And what can, a damn game on Sunday. Okay, then you can. What a damn game on Sunday. He he showed up and blew out. Yes. That was fantastic. phenomenal. Football. He had a fantastic game. Fantastic. He, he, he rushed for a touchdown. He he um he he rushed. He, he threw a he threw a touchdown pass. Now here's where. Now I think it's a great deal for the 49ers. I think it might, and this is where we're going to get into the argument. What it tells me is the 49ers have said, hey, one of 53, we got a really good team. We know where our one weakness is. Bullshit. The guy under center. He's the guy under center. Bullshit. This, okay, so game. here is okay, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. So here's where I I'm will, gonna go with I this. Because wait. the guy under center is the problem. And give me another guy. And so you get a guy who's a, a, you can check it down to. He's led the league. If you go the last three years, no one's caught more passes out of the backfield than, than, than McCaffrey. Great runner. They've got a great offensive line. They've designed the team to be a run first team. Okay. Now, part of that is that offensive line is incredible. They have maybe the greatest left tackle of all time. I mean, he's in the arguments of the top two, three, or four of all time. And now you add McCaffrey, make the salary cap work down the road. But Garoppolo is the issue. Now, Garoppolo did not play bad this week. He didn't. He didn't play bad. Actually, the consensus has been across the board that not only did he not play bad, he played very good. He had a okay, very he was, good game. He was 21. The numbers are good. 21 and 25, 235, two touchdowns. Um, it helps when you got McCaffrey. McCaffrey they, they they ran the ball 23 times. We would we said we like the balance. McCaffrey caught eight passes. But here's where I'll argue. If Garoppolo is the guy, now he is for them the rest of the season. They're not making a change. There is nobody else. I'll, I'll concede this point. There is absolutely nobody else who will be the quarterback of this franchise for the rest of the season. They are all in, and they're going to have to do it with Jimmy Garoppolo. Why do they have Christian McCaffrey throw a single fucking pass? Because Why are you running gimmick plays? Because you can. See, because you can. That's the, the, the end of the day. Opposite. Oh, see, I'm the direct opposite of that opinion. And I think, and I'll say, I've said this about the Chiefs. I've been consistent. Let's say the same thing with the Chiefs. I think gimmick plays are for when you don't think you're as good as your opponent. They ran that gimmick play early in the game because they were worried about the Rams' defense. Now, I'm not going to argue that I think the 49ers are better than the Rams. But they didn't think Jimmy Garoppolo could go out there and beat the Rams. And he could. This week he did it. But when you throw a gimmick play in there, this is why I said on Twitter, 
Yes, it's awesome that McCaffrey threw a touchdown, caught a touchdown, and ran a touchdown. But here's why it's overrated. I mentioned it, and so I said I was not explaining it on the podcast. I'm explaining it right now. If you're telling me I have to throw a halfback pass in the first half of the game, it's telling me that I don't have that much confidence in my quarterback. When I have you to run gimmick plays, because I don't trust the quarterback to make a lot of decisions. Look, they're look, are... they've done the absolute <laughs> right thing. The 49ers have done the absolute right thing. They've loaded this team with talent. There is no place where they're not talented. Kittle maybe the, is he probably the second best tight end in the league. McCaffrey's one of the best backs in the league. He is the best pass catcher out of the backfield. Yeah. They've got, and then they're going to be getting Debo Samuels back. There's weapons. There's, there's no weakness on this team, period. Except the quarterback. Period. No, and I'll tell you why. Because all he has to do is manage the game. No one's okay. asking him to put the whole team on his shoulder. He's got so much talent. No one's asking him to do it. Why do they do that? I would argue that he has a be- there's a better team in San Francisco now than three years ago when they went to the bowl. This okay. is a team stacked to win. Yeah, I don't disagree with you, and I'll take that point and accept it. Yes, they should. Never have to get to a situation where he has to win a shootout. Not in a shootout, but the here's but it's not that you don't, they don't have to go down for down with another team. It's that you have the talent and confidence to get open, get plays. All he has to do is not lose the ball. He doesn't throw yes. no interceptions, don't fumble the ball, don't make a dumb mistake. He's known for this. That is exactly what he does. He's not flashy. He's not Brady. He's not Rodgers. He's not Mahomes. But you know what he does do? He wins. And his not forget what it looks like on the field. Go look at his numbers. His numbers are excellent. And yes, right, and wanna... Sunday he was that he good. he was very good Sunday. Very good Sunday. That's all he has to do. I'm going to ask. And he didn't have something. to do anything crazy to get there. No, and they're not. And that's the thing is they're not going to ask him to be that crazy. They're not going to ask him to do something that that's too out of pocket. That's not who he is. I, I will concede that point. I believe that that is absolutely who the 49ers want to be, and they're going to win a lot of games doing just exactly that. The problem is, you eventually run into a Kansas City, a Buffalo. Philly. If you're if you're all in and we're going to the Super Bowl, you're gonna run into one of them. And what's gonna happen? You're gonna be in a higher scoring game. That's it, it, the problem. Hold on. In one, well, in, the let's just be fair for two seconds here. Let's be fair for two seconds. Because this entire time, they're four and four. Mm-hmm. But this entire time, let's not forget, they lost their number one RB in week one, Elijah Mitchell. He went sure. down, and he's still an IR. They're going to get him back, and they're going to have a two-headed running back monster back there with McCaffrey as your, as your one, Mitchell as your 1A. 
So you got road receivers, you got front, you've got defense, and you've got running backs, and you have a quarterback who's not going to lose you the game. He may not win the game for you, but he's not going to lose it for you. They have everything they need. And I started thinking about this yesterday after Sunday's game, and I was like, here's my dream Final Four for the playoffs. On the AFC side, Chiefs Bills. On the NFC, 49ers, Eagles. It doesn't matter who wins on that. I want whatever matchup comes out of those, I'm happy with. I think you have one of the yeah. best Super Bowls you ever had. I think the Eagles would take it to the 49ers. That's the problem. I, I'm not going to the Eagles. They're undefeated. We're talking about the Eagles as one of the best teams in the league. My issue is, if you look at it, you there's two ways. Of, I, think, I, think of, I think of this. I think of, okay, look, they're loaded to bear. There's not a lot of holes in the 49ers team. The biggest one to me is the quarterback. Now, again, it's not that important. And we've talked a lot this season about how, really, if you don't have the dude, if you don't have Mahomes or Allen, and this season Jalen Hurts has been the dude, um, if you don't yeah. have that guy, you have to play different. The 49ers are doing that. And the 49ers, I look at their schedule right now, and they got the Chargers coming up this week. Uh, the Cardinals Saints are two wins. The Dolphins will be an interesting game. Uh, the Bucks, and they should beat Braden. At Seattle is not a given. Seattle's, <laughs> um, I mean, they're they're talk good. about a surprise. Yeah. How talk about coming out of nowhere yeah. and yeah. filling the whole thing. The last three games for the 49ers at home against the Commanders at the Raiders, which will be a home game for them because they'll have 49ers fans all over Las Vegas on New Year's oh, yeah. Day. And then the Cardinals, who are just not very good right now. I it's look at this good. and I go, okay, here's a team that legitly has maybe two, maybe three losses left. You know, so their team is going to win 12, 13 games maybe. Again, it doesn't. It's not about how they're going to play. Jimmy Garoppolo is not going to lose their game against the Cardinals or the Saints, maybe even the Bucks. But Jimmy Garoppolo can can cost them a game against the Chiefs or the Bills in a Super Bowl or the Eagles or the Vikings in a playoff game. Well, the nice thing is they've already played the Chiefs. But they didn't have McCaffrey when that happened, so it's a different team now. Yeah, the Chiefs play. So any team. matchup like that, any matchup like that probably happens either in the in the champ in. <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't see that happening until it's a Super Bowl. But once you're in the Super Bowl, all things all bets are off. Yeah. You don't know what's going to happen. I, I'm saying it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a problem in the playoffs. Is what I'm saying. That's where it is a problem in the playoffs. So I'll put it this way. I think your biggest you know challenge the team, there. I think they could. You know who the team I way. wouldn't want to face from the 49ers? Other than the, the teams we talked about? The 49ers would really have a tough time with the Cowboys. That was actually what I was thinking is if, if they're going to have a problem in the playoffs, I see them matching up with the Eagles in an NFC championship. But to get there, they got to go through the Cowboys. I'm not worried about any other team in the NFC, but the Cowboys are that wild card that could knock them out. Yeah. And honestly, but if you're in the playoffs, 
I'm not complaining. Right. No, at this point, now you're talking about everyone has to be firing on all cylinders. Yeah. I just, I look at it differently because now that team go and trade for McCaffrey. It is Super Bowl or bust. Lane and some. They, they That's now this. have a true number one running, running back, which they have not had all year. And they're going to get their original one back in a few weeks, hopefully. Yeah. Either way, this team looks really, really yeah. good going into the last half of the season. Yeah. They, they do. I, I, again, my issue is the in the end. Uh, and that kind of straightens up. But I do think, uh, going back to my McCaffrey thing, like I said on Twitter, I I don't think it's a good thing that they ran a halfback pass and that McCaffrey threw a touchdown. I think, it does, I think you need to stay long and far away from gimmicks. I, I, I don't, hate I say that's the that. only time you see that. I think they did it because they could, because it's the, they, they really had a chance to finally have a full week of practice, but they didn't have any practice time with them the week before. No, they did. When they actually got them, they didn't. They had one day, so you have a full week of practice. It's like you know what? Let's put let's 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 premiere him proper with something yeah. just for this. I don't think you see that ever again. I don't. I think it's just a one-time thing because one, you're never going to expect it. Two, it they bit and it worked perfectly, so it's never going to ha- never going to work again. So you just do it. It happens. It's great. It doesn't change. It, if anything, all it does is puts the Rams on their heels in a response to their first touchdown, and which they and that's basically where they put them, and they kept them there the rest of the game. Okay. Very good. All right. So I've come a little further back to where you are. I'm just not. I will say this: you're you not sold on Garoppolo. You're fine with the 49ers. I think that team's a really good team. I think they will not go to the Super Bowl with him as their quarterback. I would we put it. We shall see. I bet you a dollar. I bet you a dollar right now. A dollar? Okay. A dollar right now. I'll tell you what. Dude. Our trading place is bad. Let's do this. Let's do this. The next one pays for the pays for the food at Top Golf next time. All right. That works. Yeah, we'll in Denver. All right. We'll do that. Yeah, I'm, I, 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 I see the Eagles at the NFC Championship no matter what. So that's already a tall ask to happen. Okay. But yeah, it's I, not to say it can't be done. Yeah. Because the 49ers team is loaded. The, the Eagles are loaded. They're probably the two most skilled teams in the NFC across the board that are ready to go into the playoffs. You know, make that surge in the second half of the year and just definitively walk into the playoffs. I see the Eagles the number one seed, no question. I that's my prediction right now. I see them as their number one. They get that buy on the first weekend. After that, you know, there's a, a handful of teams that got the talent. Cowboys are there, the Giants are playing really well. The Seahawks and the 49ers are all looking much, much better in the second half of the year of the season. Yeah. Walking towards the playoffs now, I think that's where, I think the kinda, Vikings, that's where the mud is. And I think the Vikings are a really good team too. I think the difference between them this year and last, and I don't, I don't. Again, the thing I don't like about them is their their quarterback situation. But I, I like, yeah, and I'm and this is where agreement. I'm not sold on Kirk Cousins, and I as talented yeah. as they are, I don't see them as talented as a yeah. 49ers or an Eagles yeah. or even a Cowboys. Yeah. I think they're they good teams. Good I think they're game. one of the better teams in the NFC, but they're not 
Yeah. I don't see them as as an NFC championship game even. Yeah. I don't see them getting there. Yeah, it's interesting. We got a long ways to go. We're half. We're about halfway there now. We're eight weeks in, so it's seventeen. So we're in right at half. We've had a few, a few bye weeks, so we'll we'll know a little more in a couple more weeks. Things will things will shake out, and it'll be interesting to see what happens. So, all right. Um, hey, we're gonna get out of here on that. So uh, I want to thank Uncle Rico. Thanks for coming in today. I appreciate it, bud. Uh, I also want to say Always thank you to Tyler player. Jones. Tyler was on earlier today. We talked about the college football playoff and the rankings. And I uh, appreciate him coming on. Finally got him to come on and talk about something. Uh, and all the stuff he does over Studio Soapbox. Uh, most importantly, I want to thank you, the listener. Don't forget to rate us and review us. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, anywhere you get your podcasts. We appreciate every five-star rating. So until Friday... I'm Coach Bo, Brian O'Connor. We'll be back for the point five. It'll be with me at, at that time. It was fun. Uh, have a great week. Remember your time tokens are not refundable. Take care, everybody.